0: Welcome to episode 1252 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, January 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. joined this morning or afternoon by Justin Mason. We are on that little uh, crossover here where you're still in the morning and I'm in the afternoon. But how you doing, Justin?
1: I'm having one of those days, but that's why I get to kind of ignore the world and everything that annoys me uh, and just focus in on baseball, right? Because it is baseball time.
0: Let's get some baseball talk going. For me, the football season is over.
1: I'm it's sorry, official. yeah, that, that was brutal. But at least we get Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I'm not pro Taylor Swift. I'm not anti. Um, well, if you're you know, not pro,
1: you're anti.
0: No, I'm just, I'm fine with her. I'm actually a big Kelsey Stand. I, I like the Kelsey no, brothers. I, I love yeah. their pod. I'm in on them. So you know, Danielle's good.
1: like, I'm not listening to their podcast for the next two weeks. As a, as a Niners fan <laughs> that she is,
0: I understand. But uh, I really like them a lot. I think they're they're really fun guys. And so you know, that that's that's his girl. That's fine. I don't really have huge opinions on her. Um, I understand the annoyance of people that are like, "Gosh, she's getting all this attention." It's not her fault though, right? Like separate the, like, you can be mad at the NFL for overdoing it. And I did see somebody, I think it was Des Bryant, who was like, you know, other players dated celebrities before, and it was never (laughs) like this. In fairness, though, she is the biggest singer in the universe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, players have dated famous women before, but were they the top of pop music, you know? I don't think so or even the top of acting. I don't yeah. think so. So anyway, I can't there's a even lot there.
1: I mean, I am keep to thinking, thinking of, of Matt like, Kemp
0: and Rihanna, but that's not even football. That's baseball again. So, yeah. so I, I, I'm trying to like, yes, of course they have. And and that's great and all. And there's probably tabloid coverage about it. This is different though. She is, the, you know, the queen of pop culture, pop music,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, you know, and she brings in gillions of fans.
1: I saw, so, I saw something that, uh, NFL and the Chiefs have made $330 million off of merchandising.
0: I believe it. Yeah, because those it. Swifties that, ride insane. hard. Uh, Cannot fathom how much the Kelsey... Dri- both. I, I bet the Eagles are getting some ancillary benefit too because oh sure. Jason gets picked up. Hey,
1: she's an Eagles fan, so yeah. Like, so I want to know. get a
0: Travis and a Jason jersey because I'm a Swifty. Mm-hmm. Boom, you know that, that that's all money in the coffers for both those clubs and the NFL. And we Lodge, get her to course. date a
1: baseball player next. So we exactly, get please
0: come it. on like, over, make our sport cool,
1: please. Like you know, like um, Patrick Bailey is single.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say Bryce is already married because I was trying to think of somebody who kind of looks like Travis. He's already married and and young. Yeah. Relative, right? He's younger. Mm-hmm. Kelsey's, you know, older. She, she's not old by any stretch, but she's not twenty something. Um, so yeah, it'd have to be a bit of an older
1: player. So maybe even Bailey okay. might be too yeah, young. Yeah, Bailey might be too young. Um, Joey Votto, I don't is know Joey if he's Votto married? married. Yeah, I don't, know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's I'm a little to bit break. too old though, because he's on his way out. Yeah, right?
0: he's the other way. That's right. I want, right. I
1: want someone like in their thirties, but in their prime. Um, is Mookie Mookie Betts is probably married.
0: I believe he is married and the
1: Dodgers don't need any more good things.
0: Also a good point.
1: Um, yeah. We're
0: struggling to find out who well, that's going to be, but
1: put it in the somebody. comments.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fi- you guys figure it out for us. Let us know who it should be. But anyway, last thing about football, it was just the way that we lost. Like, yeah, that was I, cool. I had low expectations going <laughs> is in.
1: The most Detroit thing is the most
0: lions sure. ever. That said, Really disappointed in some really sharp data people that lose their minds when it comes to football and they cannot process data and they don't understand why going for it on fourth down makes sense when it says 48% go for it, 46% says kick it, and then like, well, what does that leave? 2% says not. like. How can you yeah. be or six percent? How can you be so smart with data in one field and then he goes to football and you just have no idea? Like I didn't have any problem with either fourth no. down that's being questioned. I've been
1: doing it all year and it's. And that's out, the right? thing it's for me. Like...
0: Don't play different and play tight and and curl up and p- play scared. Versus what got you there?
1: That one one play is not what made the difference in that game. It was what you know. What one play did? In the
0: the flukiest play in NFL history, where oh, it bounces that? off yeah. our guy's face for a seventy-yard catch for Ayuk. Okay, did you see
1: like the, did you see the Ravens game where Lamar Jackson like threw a pass? caught his own home. pass? Like, such weird plays in championship games.
0: Yeah, like, two wildly uh, insane plays. Honestly, if you want to to get down on Ben Johnson, our offensive coordinator at Campbell about anything. I would say the third down call that forces to make the timeout. Yes. I, I love our running game. The problem is the downside is you have to call that timeout and then you have to get the onside Cause you can no longer force a three yeah. and out. So it's whatever. It's all
1: right, He won't be your offensive coordinator for long. That's true. He, he'll be my head coach. At yeah.
0: He's uh He's moving on right away, which I totally understand. You know, you don't keep all those pieces around when you start to build a great team. I do think and, and hope, you know, I guess it would be same old lines for them to be like a one and done here. But I don't think it is. I really think they've got a ton of talent. I'm excited about it. But football chapter is closed. It's baseball time, baby. Let's get into it. We got one move, small move, but some interesting machinations with the rest of the club that we need to get into as a result of it. And then we'll finish up these catchers. But let's start with Aaron Hicks. Major league deal, which is important. So it's not a minor league invite or anything like that. It's a legit deal for Aaron Hicks out to the Angels. You know, it's funny because I, I we usually read these deals on on trade rumors. I know I do. I'm mm-hmm. on trade rumors. And like, I think just a few scrolls down, or at least the last time I had checked in, there was an article that they had about how both Moniak and Adele are out of options. Mm-hmm and i don't think it was related to this yet like this move hadn't happened so it was like they were just kind of pointing out like okay these two dudes kind of have to play and then you bring in hicks and it's like hmm so are they seeing adele and moniac as a straight up platoon um taylor warden left trout in center and then hicks I, on the bench
1: i guess um but uh, i mean i also could see like maybe moniac and adele are on the bench um, and Hicks is in center and, you know, Trout. And in Trout right. into a corner. Yeah. Uh, I could also see them make a move, right? Like they could, they could try to trade Adele uh, or trade Moniac or trade Taylor Ward. Um, to get somebody with some options you're saying, because yeah, they have get so, someone so some few guys options, with options. Maybe to continue making over that bullpen or, or add another piece into the rotation. Um, this isn't a bad team necessarily, Uh, And I could definitely see them just say, hey, you know what? Ward's had injury issues. Trout's had injury issues. That's Hicks where I had was injury was You and I, you were like yelling at each other prior to yeah,
0: the Yeah, because the- we were talking about it <laughs> before we started. And you're like, well, what did they sign this for? I'm like, Justin, none of these guys are healthy, including yeah. Hicks himself. So, like, he's going to carve out some time. And he had a little thing going with Baltimore last year. 129 um, WRC plus and 236 mm-hmm. plate appearances. Still takes his walk. Still has a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. You know, if you can find... 400 point appearances for Hicks, which he had in 2022. There might be a little something here. I'll tell you what, I would take him in DC. DC's get yeah. deep enough with 50 rounds. I would, and I, I love, love Aaron Hicks too. I'm like a 10 year fan of his. So People
1: forget that he was like the top prospect of baseball.
0: <laughs> he was Boxton before Boxton. Switch he hitting Boxton.
1: Absolutely was Boxton. He was both I remember like uh, ESPN the magazine or Sports Illustrated where he was a prospect, like where he was on the cover and it was like, this is like the future of baseball, and like just never quite worked out. But injuries um, ate
0: him up. Yeah, Aaron Hicks has been again. It,
1: it, the Buxton comp is like pretty
0: perfect, if I may say so myself. What's Throwing up with the switch twins? hitting capability? Buxton, Royce yeah.
1: Hicks. Yeah, they they,
0: they get these superstar prospects, but they have one flaw. It's like they sign a deal with the devil. You can have this uber talented guy, but he has devastating injury issues. Now, just give is me there yourself. somebody
1: in Double A capping people or something? Or like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> something's going on with that so yeah it, it i do like the move though i do i think these uh, it's a solid little move it, I don't think it like completely revolutionizes yeah. them or anything, but I think it is a nice little move for them to add some, uh, add some depth. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes for the angels. And like I said, maybe take a look at Aaron Hicks in your 50 round draft and holds you and Jason talked about uh, the Colt Keith signing, the Keith yep. Colt signing uh, Alex Wood, uh, Hector Neris, things like that. So we'll get back into catchers and let's finish them up today. We are now into the, you know, bargain, bargain tiers for sure. Uh, This next wave one, you know, we've talked multiple times, not just within this preview, but even before that about how deep catchers gotten now. And this, this group here, these guys you don't even have to like bet on yet. They're the next wave. That's after you talk about getting some of the younger guys like a Yiner Diaz or, um, you know, one of the uh, Alejandro Kirk, Gabriel Moreno, Logan, Ojapi, Bo Naylor. Those guys are young and on the rise. This group, they're sneaky and cheap, kind of. You got one guy inside the top 200, Luis Camposano at 194. Then you go to Henry Davis, who's not catcher eligible anywhere, but he's going to catch. And so instead of, and this is why I included him in my catcher rankings too, instead of getting a bunch of questions saying, where would you rank Henry Davis if he was, I just, I just included him off rip because he's going to qualify. Two weeks into the season, basically. Um, Patrick Bailey, pick 354, Austin Wells, 303, Freddie Fermin, 390, Ivan Herrera, 446, and Miguel Amaya, 461. Let's start with Camposano, because he's kind of out on an island there at pick 200 or at pick 194 inside the top 200. I kind of could have put him on the studs on the rise if I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. He fits better in that group, especially from an ADP standpoint. So I apologize to Camposano there. This was not because I feel less about him than I do that group. In fact, I quite like Confisano myself took him in a draft that I'm in with with Jason right now after he snaked time from me, which was very frustrating. But, uh, you know, Compensano's been a prospect for a while, but really hasn't had that much time. He's been lurking around the majors for the last few years, but he's only accumulated 266 plate appearances, 174 of which were this past season, when he did really well, seven homers with a 134 OPS+. plus. He'll be 25. The job looks to finally be Compensano's. Is he ready to break out? What do you think of 25-year-old Luis Camposano in San Diego?
1: Luis Camposano is the reason you do not invest in catchers in Dynasty, by the way. like Luis Camposano has been like a top 50 prospect forever, but because he's not necessarily a good catcher, um, he's just a good offensive bat. Like uh, He's just struggled to get and stay in the majors. But now's the time, and I am all here and all in on Luis Camposano. Uh, he makes really, really good contact in the zone. Uh, hits for power. Uh, this is a good lineup to be in. I think he's there. I think they're handing him the keys this year and kind of turning it over to him. Uh, he's probably going to be my most rostered catcher this year.
0: Oh, um, you really so, like Luis Compana?
1: Yeah, especially because I mean, obviously, I play in mostly two catcher leagues. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's. This is the reason why. Like, if I'm in a twelve-team one-catcher league. I'm not taking catch up to the last round because I can always get Luis Camposano. Um, Yeah. And I think he has the tools to be a top 12 catcher this year. Easy.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, I really do like him. And so I do feel bad that I kind of sold him into this tier here instead of into the higher one with the studs on the rise, because I think he could be uh, an absolute monster. I love your point about one catcher leaks, too. I really am going to wait. Nine out of ten times, there'll be that rare time that some. Every once falls. in a while,
1: yeah, exactly. And because if you're in a league where everybody's thinking that, like, at some point you go, "Well, I mean, JT will move to at this point, like, yeah it, you know." Yeah, or, you
0: guys are but, letting him fall too far.
1: Yeah. Fine, you know, I'll jump fine. in, you know. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm just going to take the la a catcher in the last round because I can just rotate in catchers twelve through seven 30 20 yeah exactly (laughs) there's so many Um, man and it just uh which is it's a great feeling for fantasy uh but in your two catcher leagues like yeah i mean this is this is my target this is the dude i want on a lot of my teams as my c2 yeah
0: compassano could be your number two there with a solid one you go like a haim compassano combo Mm -hmm. i really really like that love that uh let's talk henry davis so again the former number one overall was drafted as a catcher. And obviously that was a big part of why he went number one overall. They move him off uh, probably under the notion of like, Hey, he's not that great behind the dish and he has a good bat. Let's get him here faster. Well, that didn't last long because now he's moving back behind the dish. And this was even before Andy Rodriguez got hurt. Um, I'm sure that they just feel more justified by it. Now that Andy Rodriguez is going to be out for the year with injury that he suffered in winter league. Um, so now Henry Davis moving back behind the dish. Probably still not a great catcher. Maybe they're going to work with him on some things. But what do we think about the bat? He got 255 plate appearances last year. They didn't go particularly well with just a 76 WRC, plus, seven homers, and three for eight on the base pass, which is obviously very bad. Um, I think that that's keeping the price down, except the fact that they've made him, you know, they said he's going to catch. I think that that brought it back up because mm-hmm. 239 is not nothing but it's also not expensive. Do you think former number one overall Henry Davis is on the cusp of a breakout now that he's moving back behind the dish or excuse me, not because he's moving back behind the dish. Those two things would be happening in concert. Are you excited about Henry Davis, I guess, is the general question.
1: So uh, on the fan player pages, where the prospect information is um, it sometimes have little notes, right? Like, and I think this note just sums up Henry Davis so well. I don't know if Eric wrote it or who wrote it. Um, but it says Davis is huge, uh, huge plus plus raw power will be a star. If he can stay by the plate or solid everyday first base or quarter outfielder, if he can, like that is exactly who Henry Davis is. Like, so good. Yeah. The only it's almost like he interest- does this for a living. Yeah, I know. Right. It's like, he's a professional. Um, so uh, the only reason I'm interested in him is because he's getting like catcher eligibility back. Like, yeah. If he, if he loses that long term, like I probably don't care about him nearly as much. Uh, Now, I know the small sample wasn't great, but we're talking about a guy who was like, you know, he had just had 63 plate appearances at A. You know, he's 20, you know, 23 at the time. And uh, I think he, I think they were just trying to get him up to try to give him some experience and see if he could catch lightning in a bottle. Um, I think he's going to be kind of fine. I think there's the batting average is probably not going to be great. I don't think it'll be as bad as last year, though. So, like, he made 86, 87% zone contact. Um, and what's and average
0: well, again? I'm sorry.
1: He's around 85. So, it's above okay. league average. So, when you're now behind the plate as a catcher, like, I'll take that. Like, you yeah. know, especially with his raw power. Uh, the question is, moving behind the plate, does he lose plate appearances? Are they going? Because he's not a good outfielder either. So That's like, true. <laughs> like, So, like, it's not like he's like, oh, on my days off, I can go play outfield. It's his days off, he's either sitting on the bench or he's DHing. How much are they going to let him? Depending de-age?
0: how well he's hitting, I think if Henry Davis is raking, then they're like, "Go stand your ass out and left for a little bit. We need you still out there." They could. but but, um, but but it would it would take high quality. Like you're not wrong to bring up the fact that he's also not a good outfielder for Henry
1: yeah. Davis. So I mean, I think four hundred and fifty to five hundred plate appearances, twenty okay. something home runs. A two thirty-five ish batting average is kind of where I would project him for a catcher. That's great. So yeah. like, yes, if uh, or not great, but very good, playable. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I think at the price, he's totally fine. If you want to draft him, you know, just fill in for two weeks with a different guy as your C two, and then you know, put him in there as soon as he gets that eligibility. Uh, but like, he's also not someone where I'm going. This is a league winner, um, and I think there are some people who are going you know, this is a guy who's going to win me my league. I don't think Henry Davis is quite there yet.
0: It, it'd be like a two, three level leap over what mm-hmm. I'm expecting for Henry Davis to be that type of game changer. I agree. Yeah. Um, could he eventually play into somebody who I think is more of a cornerstone of your of your fantasy team? Sure. Sure. Do I think it's kind of this he's year? Especially if
1: the plate. But yes. the hard part is I don't know how long he's going to be buying the plate for because he is bad defensively.
0: Agreed. Unless he makes big strides. Now – I'm not super in tune with uh, with European soccer and how everything works. I, I casually follow it. I used to uh, not really be a fan at all, but now I kind of keep some tabs on it. I know about things like the loan system. Could they loan? henry davis out to min- milwaukee just to teach him how to catch and then get him back
1: <laughs> i could not figure out where you were going with this i don't know you're being soccer at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah they can loan players to clubs that i believe are in different leagues um again i don't know all the inner workings of that but yeah i was thinking you know just let, let him go to I, milwaukee for a
1: little bit learn how to so catch the more likely scenario is they use like the softball rules where one person gets a hit and the other person gets to like <laughs> yes. the field, right? So, <laughs> yeah, there you Andy go. Rodriguez gets to actually catch once he's healthy, but uh, you know, uh, Davis,
0: we would keep letting Henry Davis we, yeah, hit. Yeah,
1: D- Davis gets a hit, so I think that's a better uh, better trade off.
0: Yeah that that would be that would be uh, funny. Well, we'll see how it goes. Maybe um,
1: if we get an automatic strike zone, you maybe took the, it's not as you literally pulled issue. the words out of my
0: mouth. That was perfect.
1: He can, he can literally just be a paper target back there. Like, yep. And, you know, hey, just make sure the ball doesn't get behind you. Um, yeah,
0: just get in front so. of it and and you're golden. Um, we don't need you to really do much else. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that, with that question was like, maybe his lack of catching skill could be mitigated when we get automatic balls and strikes. We just don't know when that's going to be. Uh, Taylor Swift's future boyfriend, as you mentioned earlier, Patrick Bailey is our next guy up. And again, the hits just keep coming. Part of why I love this depth so much is I'm a big Patrick Bailey guy. Now look, he had a 78 WRC plus last year. What are you so into on that in 353 plate appearances? Well, one, I believe he led baseball in framing or or was top three for sure. Like He had an amazing run, even in just 97 games. That's how good uh, of a season that Patrick Bailey had behind the dish. And what does that mean for fantasy? Guaranteed PT. My man is out there all the time with this kind of capability behind the dish. So I love that aspect for him. And I think the bat can grow. Do I think he's going to be like a stud? No. I I think somebody like Henry Davis has a higher ceiling. Camposano has a higher ceiling. But can I get mid-teens home runs with a 240 average out of Bailey if things go right? Absolutely. So I'll take the PT. I love him in a draft champions where I need three, four catchers. Anyway, he's a switch hitter. I just, I just, he's so good behind the dish and I'll take somebody who's going to play that often like Patrick Bailey. So I'm intrigued by him and he's cheap. When I say pick three fifty four. that's nothing. I'll take that all day. What do you think of your boy Bailey in San Francisco? Are you excited?
1: I am excited. He is a very, very good defensive catcher. He really knows how to call a game, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, impressive, uh, I know that the 233 batting average and the 28% strikeout rate um, is uh, a little bit concerning to people. But like you said, I think the defense keeps him mind the plate. I think his leadership keeps him mind the plate. He seems like just a natural leader. Uh, and I think he got a bit unlucky in terms of that batting average. XBA was 247. Uh, You know, he's a guy who makes a decent amount of contact above league average zone contact at 86%, uh, doesn't swing outside of the zone a ton, can take a walk. Uh, We saw him in 2023 uh, or in 2023 in the minor leagues have double digit walk rates. So I I think he's a guy who kind of progressed fairly quickly at every stop. He never Mm -hmm. had more than like 350 plate appearances really in any particular stop in a single season. So I think as he gets more accustomed to just being in the same spot, like he will just get better. And I think he's a guy that, yeah, I probably project him to hit 235 this year, but I honestly think there's a really good chance. He hits like 250 um, in 15 home runs, uh, you know, playing a, a fair amount and even DHing some for the giants. I think people forget, like one of the reasons Blake Sable played as much as he did last year was because he was a Rule 5 pick, and they could not send him down. Exactly. They can this year. Um, and so I think Patrick Bailey will get time at DH when he's not catching uh, and uh, and actually get more plate appearances than maybe other people are expecting.
0: He also signed fake player Tom Murphy. Who yeah, we really perfect. weren't excited to talk about, um, but he's the backup now. Oh, actually, he is on the small sample standouts. Um, Joey Bart used to be the guy that we talked about in Patrick Bailey type terms, he's a former number two overall. And I know that doesn't guarantee anything as we clearly saw with his career so far, but he's 27. He has 503 major league plate appearances of a 78 WRC plus is Joey Bart just cooked.
1: This even is at, why you don't invest in catchers in dynasty leagues. Yes. Like this is, Joey Bart is like the, you know, already talked about Elise Capsano. Like he's actually making a mark. I don't know that Joey Bart ever will. Joey Bart cannot hit anything that is like a dead red fastball. Like just like, he just can't like, you just can't hit off speed stuff. Can't hit breaking stuff. And um, that is important at the major league level. Hitting
0: is slightly important. Yes, yes. You should be able to hit something, at least eat fastballs or blast and the problem, he's not, like, stuff.
1: He's not a premium defensive player, a catcher where like, he could even have like a Jeff Mathis type career. Like he's, yep. He's good. He's not bad at, you know, the calling game, catching, framing, all that stuff. But like, like, yeah, I, I think he's probably a triple A guy for, you know, and- especially juxtaposed against Bailey.
0: Yeah. Like, it's one thing to not be that good. And then in the grand scheme, catchers come in to visit and like, man, wish we had a guy like that. You got the guy right there to be like, yeah. I wish Joey Bart was like that and he's mm-hmm. nowhere near Bailey. And so that's really tough. So, yeah, I mean, a tough number two overall. Uh, Because it's really not working out. And even though he's 27, maybe
1: maybe he goes somewhere else and they're going to say change of
0: scenery, perhaps. Yeah.
1: Like he, you know, there's a number of Giants prospects that are closer at the major league level that like probably just need a new home. Like the Giants are not good at developing offensive talent.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, are you thinking guys like Matos and uh, Luciano?
1: Someone just talked to me about Matos. Like, what are they doing? Like, they brought in, like, they brought in uh, Jung Ho Lee. Um, like who's now pretty much like the same type of player? Yep. Um, and like so you're probably not gonna stick Matos out in a corner. And I'm like, I guess he's a fourth outfielder right now. Um, or maybe they do trade him, but like what trade value? Like the problem is the Giants like wait till guys have no trade value. Exactly. Like, oh, we should move this guy, like
0: <laughs> and everyone's like, Okay, we'll give you literal pennies. So here is uh, pennies for that
1: guy. Yeah, like I mean because I like Mato's. I like him a lot um, and it's kind of a bummer and maybe they do just say, listen, we'll sacrifice some power and put you in a corner. Um, but uh, especially because no one can seem to hit out of the park anyways. But <laughs> uh, <clears throat> like, yeah, I, I I got asked a couple times in the chat today, like, what are the Giants doing? And I'm all like, I don't think the Giants know what they're doing. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think the Giants have a massive identity crisis. I agree. Um, and uh, I think that they are They have been straddling this fence of trying to be good and trying to rebuild for so long that the fence itself has inserted it inside them. (laughs) Yes, Uh, they are
0: classic stuck in the middle, right? Like in in the NBA.
1: Monday morning
0: (laughs) in the NBA, this is like that that rare uh, area where you can like be out of the lottery, but like a dog shit playoff type team. It's um. We don't have that in baseball because fifty-two teams don't make the playoffs yet. But yeah, they're they're just stuck in that limbo right now. The Giants are.
1: I've made this comp a number of times. Like this is exactly the dynasty player you don't want to be. Either commit to being bad or commit to being good. Like you don't do one or the other. It's okay if you fall. Absolutely. If you're, you know, if you try to be good and you you don't you win a World Series or whatever, um, but like commit to either being bad or good. Don't be this middle team because you never get out of that hamster wheel.
0: Absolutely. And that's exactly where they are. You're a thousand percent right. I've heard you make that comp. And yeah, they are that team right now that they don't know what they're doing. You look on their roster, they got some intriguing under 25 guys, but then they got five guys over 30 that are like, okay, what are we doing? So who knows what's going on with the Giants? Maybe Patrick Bailey can start to be a big piece for the future, though. That's who we were talking about primarily. Joey Bart. Mm, not I, so much.
1: From a fantasy perspective, I like Bailey a lot as like my third catcher in a DC. Yes, um, that's or exactly the avenue. A start throw as a two catcher at a 15. Game.
0: Yep, exactly the areas that I'm looking at him for. Austin Wells over with the Yankees uh, made a little little flurry at the end of the year. Came up 75 plate appearances, nice little cup of coffee, blasted four homers, put up a 97 WRC plus despite an underwhelming slash line of 229, 257, 486. So it was all that power that kind of helped him. with 75 plate appearances. Let's not overrate it one way or the other. But he's come up with, you know, nice plate skills. You know, takes his walks, has shown some pop as he's come through the minors. He'll be 24 years old. This was a four-level season, by the way. Five games a Mm day. 58 at AA, 33 at AAA, and then the 19 in the majors for Austin Wells. It was a nice catch-up season because at age 23, which is what he was last year, um, you know he needed to, to be further along uh, the, the process a little bit. So to get the triple-A time and the major league time was nice. He's slated to be on the major league team to start the year. Do you believe in Austin Wells as somebody who can make an impact this year on the fantasy landscape?
1: This is a player I've kind of gone back and forth. Fourth on because I think that long term he is going to be a an interesting kind of low end C one, high end C2 in mm-hmm. fantasy. Like I think there is enough hit tool and enough power that buying the plate he is a, a viable fantasy asset. I think if you play a different position, he'd probably be pretty boring. Sure. Um, and so I hope he can stay behind the plate because I know he's not necessarily a, a, a great defender. That um, is true. The problem is, is they got Jose Trevino, and who can catch? Who's a really good catcher? And I feel like everybody forgot. Like Jose Trevino was like their MVP, like at one point, like their team MVP at one point. Like mm-hmm. they, they love Jose Trevino, um, and I know Big he is favorite yeah he missed time with injury um last year but they brought him back um and i i wonder like if i know we have it right now is Austin wells being on the strong side of a platoon i wonder if this is more of a 50 50 or even a 40 60 split that's where i'm at and so i'm a little worried because at first first started drafting and things like that i was like austin wells austin wells and then as I started doing projections for catchers, I went, "Oh wait, Jose Trevino needs plate appearances." Mm-hmm. And I went, "Oh no, and now I got to start taking away from Austin Wells." Do either of these guys hit forward to plate appearances? I don't know.
0: And and if one does, it's Trevino. It's Trevino, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So we're kind of in lockstep there. I like Wells's bat, but you know, a team like the Yankees is not just going to play bat over glove behind the dish. They, they the Yankees they're
1: going to do what they think takes to win.
0: Exactly. Man, and if that's the case, they catching, like
1: Jose Trevino. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, and he's never had 400 plate appearances, but he had 353 back in 2022. You know, kind of went through some crap last year, like you said. I think he at least gets back to the 350 for Trevino. And so, yeah, be careful I can with see them both. Wells. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Could, could totally see something like that, which, you know cuts into what wells could possibly do especially if he's not quite ready yet either he's a guy that like i see the intrigue and i see why if he's one of your guys to go for in a dc one of your four catchers okay that's chill al only you know your 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 second catcher and a two catcher al only that stuff gets really deep when it's a single league but i'm not as keen on him as some of the other guys that are going around him like bailey going 50 picks later i'm taking bailey yeah, okay, that, that's simple for me. And even this next guy, Freddie uh pick 390. So going almost 90 picks later, 87 to be exact, I'd rather take him in the scenarios that I mentioned where I would take Wells. Now he does things a bit differently. Freddie Fermin does not bring the kind of power that maybe Austin Wells could. And of course he has um, Sal Perez there to contend with, but The fact that Fermin can actually catch and really give Perez some time off of his feet means that they can put Perez at DH first base sometimes to let Fermin play. I think Fermin, he had 235 plate appearances last year. I think he's got a good chance at 300-something this year. I think Perez's presence is part of why Fermin goes a bit cheaper. Um, but I'll take that discount. I think he's kind of solid and just further adds to this catcher depth. Hit 281 last year with nine homers in those 235 plate appearances. Not sure he's a pure 281 type hitter. But if I can get 260 with 10, 12 bombs, I'll take that from Freddie Fermin. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think he nailed it. Um, and I, honestly, I think 270 is even more in the cards. And I probably have him like two, high 260s. Uh, when I finish my projection on him. Uh, yeah, like, this is my, like, top C3 target. Um, and, like and a guy that, like, if I just completely whiffed on my C2 um, in a 15-team league, I'm throwing the dart on Freddie for me. Uh, like, I think he he's obviously not going to play all the time because they have Sal Perez, but Sal Perez has been banged up more in recent years they like to DH him. I think at some point he may move over to just being the DH as he kind of winds down his career, at least playing there just as much, if not more than uh, when he's catching. So, uh, and that could start this year. Uh, So like, yes, I'm, I'm willing to gamble, especially in fab leagues where he's easy to drop. If he's just not playing one more than once every, you know, you know, once or twice a week. So, Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, Yeah. I I see some pop and I see some batting average. And the batting average is really the interesting part for me because it just when you get to this level of catcher, you just can't find batting average.
0: Exactly. That's usually not what you're getting. You're getting a handful of bombs and you're just kind of taking that and running with it. So the fact that you can actually get some base hits with it is pretty interesting. And yeah, you know, I like your call out about waiver leagues for Fermin because if they just say, you know what? You guys got it wrong. Again, we're still not moving Perez to DH, except for every once in a while he's going to catch a ton of games, and Fermin is is maybe a once-a-week guy. Then you can move on in some leagues, but I think he'll still have AL-only value almost yep. regardless, a- and we do play a lot of deeper leagues, you and I, so that keeps Freddie Fermin on our radar for sure. Let's talk about Ivan Herrera. Now, I need to add him to my catcher ranks because Cardinal fans hit me with a comment saying, hey keeping them off the list. You're just allowing me to get him cheaper. And I was like, you're right. You know, I, I think I'm like 50 catchers deep and he's the backup. Of course, Wilson Contreras is the starter, but I have enough backups on the list that I should have listed him. So I will get Ivan Herrera on there. If the commenter who said that is listening, he got the clap, the, my little classic sip of espresso last year, only 44 plate appearances. I can't go full cup of coffee. Um, 122 WRC plus who gives a shit. 44 plate appearances is literally nothing. But had a nice year at AAA in 375 plate appearances, Ivan Herrera did, with 10 homers, 11 steals, a 297 average, and a 147 WRC+. So he was hailing it in AAA at age 23. Can Ivan Herrera, you know, make a dent this year? He's behind a stalwart like Freddie Fermin is, but maybe would would they ever consider throwing Contreras into some DH opportunities to get Herrera in there as well? What do you think of Ivan
1: Herrera with St. Louis? I just don't see St. Louis putting Contreras enough at DH, especially with all their other pieces mm-hmm. that they have. Like, St. Louis is just a loaded offense. Um, and, and they got
0: some older dudes that you could cycle yeah, into DH to really and I just, have that day off.
1: And so, like, I have a really hard time seeing – Herrera getting like to even 250 plate appearances. And, okay. Like because of that, like I just don't think there's enough juice. He, and he for those it. reasons, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Uh I just don't think there is enough fan. Like, I think his best, I think Herrera's best asset is a hit tool um from behind the plate that could be like a 270 kind of 280 kind of hitter. Um, if he were given full-time playing time. But the problem is if you're not given full-time playing time. That batting average doesn't help that much, Um, and because he doesn't have a ton of power, it's not a great park to hit it or hit for power. Anyways, like he needs plate appearances to accumulate, and I don't think he's going to get those.
0: I think that's all pretty fair, and and kind of what I was thinking when I didn't originally include him. But like I said, my catcher list is deep enough that he should at least be on there, and I can at least say that. You know, I can say, hey, here's why I'm not super keen on him is because how much playing time is he going to get? Um, And then the Cardinals fans can let me know, hey, uh, you know, we got these plans or whatever. But, yeah, I think I listed 40, 46 catchers. Yeah, I can find room to at least get Ivan Herrera on there. Mm -hmm. So he will be on the next update uh, for sure. So keep an eye on that. Let's stay in division and talk about another young guy. Now, this young guy is also behind an older guy, but it's a 37-year-old that we didn't have a whole lot of, you know, overwhelming discussion to say about which was Jan Gomes like he had a nice year last year but I think it was just a a hot run so is Miguel Amaya somebody that you're putting into focus as a potential dude he he had 156 plate appearances last year five homers 94 WRC plus going to be age 25 can he get in like a 50 50 share could he maybe even wrangle 60 40 of the time with Jan Gomes what do you think of Miguel Amaya with the Cubs
1: I mean, he probably could just because Gomes gets hurt a lot. He's, you know, he's older. Yeah. And he's just not that great of a player. I I know he had like this flash uh, recently where it was like, oh, Jan Gomes season. And then he got hurt and it was like, okay, well, that was fun. (laughs) I mean, Um, he did some good things last year. If you had him, you got
0: some love out of Jan Gomes, 10 homers, 267. But I don't think I'm putting a repeat down at (laughs) all. No, I'm
1: not either. Uh, The problem with Amaya is he's just not very good. Um, like there's not a ton of power in the bat. Um, and there's not a very good hit tool. pays uh,
0: way too much for the lack of power. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. And so like, and then there's a plate appearance problem. So like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I probably put him below Herrera, uh, to be honest.
0: He's pretty low on my list. I'm, I'm trying to see exactly where I had him. Um, it, it, yeah. So if, 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 when I add Herrera on there, he and Amaya are going to be pretty close. Amaya yeah. was somebody I had to add as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I had him 37th on the list. So it was in the lottery ticket grouping. Herrera is going to be there too. I am going to do some shifting because uh, somebody mentioned a guy that wasn't on our list, but since we are talking some bottom, uh, you know, bar- barrel scraping catchers, Luke Maley. In Cincinnati, You know, I love Tyler Stevenson. I've been trying to project him for a breakout year for like a decade now. But Luke Mailey, he's not young at all. He's 33, but did have six homers and, and did a little something last year. I do think if Stevenson is again underwhelming with the bat, we could see Luke Maley get a career high in plate appearances. Now we're talking NL only, 50-round draft and hold. I don't want to overstate it. But while we're talking NL Central lottery tickets, Luke Maley is moderately intriguing to me. And I did have to take him in a DC because I waited way too long on my fourth catcher. So you don't have to add anything on Luke Bailey if you don't want, but it was a comment. And because we were talking NL central guys, it reminded me to at least address that.
1: Yeah. He's a defensive backup. Um, I could see him just take more and more playing time from Stevenson. If Stevenson continues to just not do much at the plate, because to be a great catcher and Maley is, I wouldn't say mainly a great catcher, but he's a above average um, major league catcher from a defensive uh, point of view. So, yep. yeah, I could see that. Um, not someone I'm normally taking a gamble on, no. but you know, there are times in a late in a draft and hold where you're like, I just don't know. I need a fourth catcher and I don't screw it. Luke Bailey. Throw a dart.
0: Yeah, give me Cincinnati's park and let's just see if he can connect right. for a handful of bombs. And while we're doing kind of like corrections and addressing things, this is old at this point, mm-hmm. but I, I mentioned a while ago when we were doing first, first or third base because he plays both that Itzhak Paredes was somebody that I was sold on by somebody over at Pitcher List. And I credited the wrong Ben P. I think, I believe I said Ben Palmer. Oh, it was Ben Pernick. Pernick. And he, he, you know, kindly commented say, Hey, just wanted you to know that was us that had the convo. Glad you jumped on board with Paredes, this, that, and the other. I said, Hey, I will say something. I forgot. Last pod, I think two pods mm-hmm. in a row. I've forgotten. So wanted to get that on the record as well. Thank you, Benjamin Pernick, uh, Ben Palmer, great guy over at, mm-hmm. at P- Pitcher List. Has a lot there's of great takes as ben well. There's also a Ben
1: Brown over there. Uh, there's just a lot of Bens. Few, few too many Bens. Um, you know, maybe this is something where you know, like Hollywood actresses will change their actual yes. name to not, you know, because they can't have the same name as uh, someone who's already got a SAG card. So maybe we just need to stop hiring Ben's over. You guys can keep the Ben's you have. We're not going to say, like, don't fire anybody.
0: No, 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 if, no, no, no.
1: If uh, if Nick could start hiring some, you know, I don't know, Jennifer's or yeah. some Peter's um, as opposed to Ben's, that would be really nice.
0: Nick, you got little nicknames and little mnemonic devices for everybody. Want to whip up something for these bends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that we can uh, keep them straight? I would really appreciate but that. Both,
1: yes. both uh, Palmer and Pernick and, and Brown, all great uh, contributors over at PitcherList. You should be following them on Twitter.
0: Absolutely. And hopefully uh, you saw all the greatness at PitchCon this week, hosted by Pitcher List. that included a Cole Reagan's conversation. Danielle mm-hmm. was on it. You yep. were on it. I was on it. it. Was. Jason was on it. It was awesome. And... Uh, In the same vein, Potapalooza coming up in about a month as well. Like, baseball is so close, y'all. All All right, let's finish up Catcher here. We've done, like, 50 parts on Catcher here. Uh, Mostly due to time constraints on the previous episodes. We were going to blow through it, and then we kind of got boxed in there, but we got small sample standouts here to finish in. We got to start with Mitch Garver because he's catcher eligible. I don't know how much he's going to catch out in Seattle. We don't want him to, to be honest. I'll be fine with zero games catching. If this is his last year eligible, but he plays like 130 games at DH, that'd be fine by me. Uh, But Mitch Garver, when he plays, he is impactful. The problem is he never really goes past a certain number he's kind of a mid 300s plate appearance type guy had that magical year with the rabbit ball when he blasted 31 homers in 359 plate appearances so last year's 19 homers looks pedestrian by comparison but it was still worth a 138 wrc plus he had an awesome run in those 344 plate appearances he goes out to seattle now and like i said he's slated to dh he shouldn't have to catch too much. Cal Raleigh is a legit number one catcher and they have Zebi Savala who might just take the other uh, plate appearances there. And Garver might really only catch like four or five games. That's again, positive for him. Are you in on Mitch Garver as a Mariner?
1: Uh, Yeah. And I, I mean, this is a turnaround for me because I've never been a Mitch Garver guy. Um, I've always been the Mitch Garver hater, but it's been in large part because he can't stay on the field. Uh, and, Uh, I think that being able to DH every day as opposed to being behind the plate will help in that. Uh, Obviously, DHs can get hurt too, Eloy Jimenez. But um, I think that this is a really, really good opportunity for him to get like 120, 130 games under his belt, 500-plus plate appearances, and just rake. We saw 19 home runs and like less than 350 plate appearances. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to 500, we're talking about a mid- 20s maybe even upper 20s homer guy with a decent average on a good team like yeah sign me up for mitch garver this year because i think i don't think he is going to catch at all unless there's an injury so if, yep. if Sebby Zavala gets hurt if Cal raleigh gets hurt maybe he comes uh, becomes like the second catcher but i think they signed for him and traded for sebi zavala in the same month knowing that Sebby savala does not have any options that's a so game that way, plan right there Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's so that because they they are not anticipating using Garver buying the plate unless they have to.
0: Completely agree and completely agree that I've not been a huge Garver drafter, but with C eligibility and not catching, you guys know I love my non-catching catchers. Dude just rakes. Um, I'm, the park move stings a little, but Texas's new park is not that hitter friendly, y'all. So it really is a bit of a neutral move out to Seattle. Um, and that's a solid lineup to be in, especially when you're hitting between J-Rod and Cal Raleigh. So Garver should be a lot of fun. He is a top 200 pick, but I don't think that that's cost prohibitive. Pick 186 is a a fine ADP for what he can do. At 251 is Dan Jan, Danny Jansen. Now, I am a little surprised. I was a little surprised when I was doing the catcher write-ups to learn that he had seven seasons, or he's going into his seventh season. Um, I just... I thought he was newer than that. And then I realized, Justin, it's because he never plays either. He's got a lot of small samples as well, partly because they've had other guys, but partly because of injuries. So his peak is 384 plate appearances back in 2019 and then uh, back up to 301 last year. So those are the only two times over 300 plate appearances for Dan Jan. He's going to be 29. 29. Now, he's made the most of his playing time. That's why he's in small sample standouts, 17 and 15 homers in the last two years with, uh, you know, solid OPS plus totals of 142 and 115. Alejandro Kirk is still there. Dan Jan is a better catcher, but they are going to let Kirk play. I think that they're probably going to use one of them at DH often just mm-hmm. to get both of them in there. Is Dan Jan still on your list? Do you want Danny Jansen if, or, or am I miss? Characterizing you, did you not like him last year too? I know I did. I, nope. I think I'm I'm a
1: buyer. I always have been. I always yeah, will be. I thought so. Um, so you're still in on Dan Jen Go ahead. If you like stupid fantasy baseball tropes from the '90s and early 2000s, uh such as the greatest hits of Year 27, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, you also probably remember the contract year theory, where guys play better. Uh, because they're going into a contract here, completely ignoring all the guys who signed pillow contracts because they suck their contract here. Um, so and before,
0: you, before you go on on that, there is a little merit to it. And it was found to be simply that guys play through stuff through smaller injuries more to amass more counting stats. So there is a contract year bump, quote unquote, but it was really just volume. They would play through more a little bit. Mm-hmm. And obviously it doesn't but work it all, for everybody.
1: And it doesn't account for the guys who actually play worse because of that.
0: So. Exactly. They overplay, they play through injuries that they mm-hmm. shouldn't play through. So yeah, insofar as it does boost you, it's usually just a volume bump. It's never anything to bet on. It has been debunked, but go ahead. Dan Jan is in a contract here. So he is it time for 20 homers?
1: Is, um, I don't know if it's time for 20 homers, but like I will, I will take the gamble because it's cheap. Like it's, yeah. it's, not, it's, it's not, it's not prohibitive gamble at all. We're talking about a C2, uh, prefer him in the C2 leagues where I can drop him if he does get hurt. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's a pretty good hitter. I think he's a very good defender. So I think he will play, you know, pretty regularly when he's healthy. They also will DH, uh, DH him at times in order to keep him healthy and keep his bat in the lineup. You know, my only concern would be is if they went out and branded belted him again, right? They went out and yeah. signed Joey Votto, signed a branded belt, uh, a guy who's going to come in at DH, and then he's actually splitting time with Alejandro Kirk uh, uh, at behind the plate. So as of right now, I'm drafting him, keeping an eye on transactions because we're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and somehow not everybody is signed. So, uh, and, and they're. Big names out there. By the way, speaking yeah. of Brandon Bell, apparently some
0: rumors with Texas. Texas, yeah. Uh, so be careful with your Ezekiel Duran shares, which we did mention, I believe, when we talked third base reunion with Bochi. He could get ousted. Yeah, that would be an interesting reunion there. And it's an even year, uh, so you know he'll be raking at that point. And then just, I'm just loading double up San with Francisco. Tropes. Yeah, a double My San Francisco dog. trope right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Darno, pick three seventy eight. You know, getting older, but always finds some playing time, even with his health. Obviously cut into Sean Murphy's playing time in the second half of last year. That has really created some fear around Sean Murphy that I just do not share. Um, But anyway, at age 35, you know, he wasn't great. It was only an 83 WRC plus for Travis Darno last year, but still 11 homers. And you look at a 258 Babbitt probably played a role there. He kind of goes as his BABIP goes. He had a 306 the year before and had a huge season. When you have small samples, obviously things like your BABIP can play even harder um, on how well you do. He's probably only going to be a 250 to 300 plate appearance type guy, but is Travis Darno? how much has he been on your radar in these recent years where he spiked some greatness in between some dud seasons? And if he hasn't been, does he enter it this year? And if he has been, does he remain on it this year? Where are you at on TDA?
1: Uh, you know, Darno is one of those guys that I've always kind of liked as like a third catcher, um, okay, like a low end uh, second catcher in a draft champions, just because he does find plate appearances. Like I don't know where he finds them a lot of the time, um, but like, uh, like he just pulled like instead of an universe card, he goes, "Look, I'm on the lineup card today for some." I get to be on the card. I'm in
0: the lineup today. It's a free four at bats, coach.
1: So yeah, like uh. I think those days are are probably going to be less and less. Though uh, I know he had 292 plate appearances, but a lot of that was in the last month of the season, where they were really trying to make sure that Sean Murphy Murphy was healthy going into yep. the playoffs. They had locked up a spot. They were they knew what they were doing. Um, I just I think he's probably a 250 275 plate appearance guy, and I just don't think at 35 there's enough juice left in the tank for Darno you know, one of those guys I'll always have kind of fond memories of just for random reasons. He was never the star he was supposed to be, but he was always just there and decent. And, um, but like, yeah, I think, I think Darno's viability as a C two or even a C three, I just don't care that much anymore.
0: He kind of goes back to a point you brought up earlier. Uh, Darno does with don't draft, <laughs> don't yeah. draft catchers in dynasty because he was yeah. he was an it guy. He was supposed to be the was,
1: was he the Dickey trade. I is believe that, that is
0: indeed correct. Let me yeah. let me get that up because yeah, he has some trajectory or some history in his transactions here. Mm-hmm. Travis Darno does. So he was in the Roy Halliday deal originally.
1: Yes, that's right. So he right. goes yeah.
0: by from the Phillies to the Jays via that. Mm-hmm. Then he goes from the Jays to the Twins in the RA Dickey or to the Twins yeah. to the Mets in the RA Dickey deal and he was a big big part of that as well. And then, obviously, he gets released from the Mets. Things did not go well. I mean, that was seven years later. But um, latched on with the, I think it was the D-backs. Or no, no, the Rays when he broke out, right? I had the wrong expansion team. Yeah. <laughs> 2019, uh, he had bounced around. He was with the Mets. They cut him. He spent literally a game, of plate appearance with the Dodgers. They were like, they saw all they needed to. They said, yeah. this guy sucks. They cut him. The Rays pick him up, 16 bombs and 365 plate appearances. And thus began this Travis Darno kind of small sample greatness that he's been doing. Of course, that was the rabbit ball year. So everyone said, be cautious. 2020. He doubled down and, and was excellent again. Then he flopped in 21, bounced back bigger than ever in 2022, including an all-star appearance, and then flopped last year. So it's been this up, down, up, down, and he's going to be 35. I'm with you. I can't really get, get bought in. And like I said, I'm fully in on Murphy. I think the discount yeah. on him, like pick 145 is...
1: It's fine. Yeah, they're good. Uh, not depth.
0: silly. I think it's a fair price. I, I don't. I yeah. don't want to overstate it and say like, oh, they're giving them away. I, but I think, I think it's a part nice part price. Part
1: of it is it's part of just the the depth of the position. Absolutely. In, in that spot, you got you know Wells Contreras and all those guys right there. Uh, I think Darno is going to be a popular name ten years from now when people are doing name the random catcher game. Absolutely. Um, Freaking Travis Darno is like that. Is that is that guy? And then
0: someone's going to get bonus points for bringing up his brother, Chase. Bro, oh. you remember his brother, Trace? He mm-hmm. played a little utility, dog. Yeah, yeah, I love sitting around naming guys. In fact, that's basically what my OOTP job is. Nice. I name guys, and then I get to create cards off based off of them. So, like, I've kind of c- combined everyone's favorite game, let's name some dudes, into a little bit of a, a job, so it's kind of fun. Yep. Um, anyway, we move on from Travis Darno to Gary Sanchez, blasting the ball all over the place. We talk about um, uh, robot umps coming. Mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez is pushing for those ASAP because he can get another good couple good years behind the dish. If they come, it might be too little too late. If we, we don't get that implemented till like 26 or 27 uh, because he's, he's already age 31 this year. He's unsigned right now, but he went and slugged 19 bombs last year for uh San Diego. Primarily he had, Literally three games, seven plate appearances with the Mets. So it was a two-team season, but but all the damage was with the Padres. Uh, But they're not bringing him back, at least not yet. I don't know where he's going to land. You talk about how pitchers and catchers are reporting very quickly. Anyone going to bring Gary Sanchez along? He had a 115 WRC+. plus. Now, it came with a 218 average, so it was all power. But in 260 plate appearances, a shitty average isn't going to kill you. And if I can get 19 bombs, great. I just don't know where Gary Sanchez is going to be. Pick 430. I can maybe do it in a DC. I'm probably taking other guys because, again, we have not stopped talking about how deep catcher is. I'll take somebody with a little bit more certainty. But Gary Sanchez did do well last year. Can he follow it up again if he finds the right spot? I know that's a huge if.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of him finding a spot, and I'm probably not going to draft him uh, until I know. That being said, like, why not take a gamble on him, considering where he's going? You know the kind of offensive potential, and he will find a job. Like someone he will. will pick him, he's you know? thirty-one. He's like a future Ray. Like I mean, like yeah, they, they've got Renee Pinto and Rob Brantley. Um, Bro,
0: I thought you were gonna say Rod Barajas for a second no. there. Even though you said Rob, I was like, wait, is he gonna say Barajas? Um, yeah, so like, that that's a good call. That he, <laughs> I could see like, him being a Ray. Yeah, like
1: he could, he could. Like, there's a bunch of teams with like a backup catcher right now that you go, who? Um, yeah, and all he needs is 250 plate appearances to rocket 20 plus home runs out of the park. I, someone's gonna do it.
0: Yeah. And so I, I don't mind taking Gary Sanchez in a D.C. It's yeah. pick 430. It's just not that expensive. Uh, you mentioned Blake Sable earlier. He is catcher eligible. He caught enough last year to keep the catcher eligibility. That said, he is now no longer guaranteed a roster spot because after spending the year as a Rule 5, he has options. In fact, on roster resource, we have him penciled in for the minors right now. But he's picked 490. What do you think of your boy Blake Sable out in San Francisco? Did you see anything last year that has you intrigued enough? Because I know we were taking the shot because he had the guaranteed role. But -hmm. now without the guaranteed role and Tom Murphy and Patrick Bailey there and him being a shitty catcher, can he carve something out in the outfield? Or is he destined to be an up-down guy from AAA? Meaning he'll bounce
1: up and down all year. Yeah, I think he's a quad-A player. That's it. I mean, I don't think there's enough here. Especially he's, I don't. Like, he'll, he'll be catcher eligible this year. I don't know that he's going to be catcher eligible in the future. Uh, I do not think he will. Yeah, I think I think he's not worth drafting.
0: He made the most of his Rule 5, credit to Blake yeah. Sable, and credit to those who were on him. I can't remember who I uh, learned of him from, but I remember reading something late, being impressed by it, and, and saying, let me get some Blake Sable. 13 homers, 4 steals, 92 WRC+. I feel good with my investment. So thank you to whoever yeah. wrote he- that.
1: He rotated in and off a couple of my teams throughout the year, like you know, guys like Danny James get hurt, pick up Blake Sable. Give me like, some uh, Sable. Yeah.
0: yeah, so, but unfortunately, Somewhat I do up. think that that will be the best. You know, it reminds me of like not always just projecting positivity going forward with players. And a guy that just always drives this home for me was I remember. When the before the Jays had started making an impact, right? They had all these prospects and they were all these second generation guys, right? Like Vlad, Bichette, and Biggio was in there too, of course. But it was like it's Vlad Bichette way up here and then Biggio down here. But Everyone wanted to bring Biggio kind of up with them because, hey, it's another, mm-hmm. you know, again, second generation player. Are you sure he's not good? And then he had the big run in his first season, 2019, which happened to be the rabbit ball again, 16 homers, 14 steals, 115 WRC plus in hundred games. And I remember Eric Long and Hagen, he had to be the wet blanket and basically be like, it's probably the best he'll ever be. Like we've probably seen, you know, the, the, the high end of what Biggio can deliver. And I was like, really? I mean, we just saw this. Can he not keep doing this or add on to it? And Eric couldn't have been more right. He just could not have been more right. Like that was the peak of BGO. He struggled to get anywhere near that same playing time since he's going to be age 29 this year. And it it was a big turning point. And I know it's not that long ago, 2019, but I've tried to get better on prospects every year. That was a big turning point for me of like, don't just, project forward on everything that happens you still use the data of the people that are saying hey this is their ceiling he might have just reached his ceiling right away which turns out he did so good call by eric i'm not saying he gets everything right that he says but that was one where i had a real disconnect with what he was saying versus what i was seeing and i was like are you sure and then i was like you know what i should trust the guys that have seen these players more than me right it's not an appeal to authority if i'm just i'm not trying to just always say always listen to every prospect person, but if you trust somebody, they've seen it, they've put the work in, and you haven't, then you can trust what they're saying, I, I feel like. And so, anyway. I'm, I'm right there with you. Weird rant there, but I, I mean, I think
1: there, there's there been lots of guys, and uh, over year after year after year, we forget that.
0: Like, yes.
1: We just have this really, really bad, like Brett Laurie, another Toronto Blue Jay. Like, yes. You know, like, we just had one with Jeremy Pena, where like, Pena had this, breakout season of course he's gonna build on that and like and he takes a big step back and i think Mm -hmm. part of that is we saw the ceiling in his rookie year Um, i'm pretty sure
0: eric said the same about him by the way yeah like i mean we might have seen the best
1: this is why i love numbers i absolutely love numbers but these prospect guys who go out they watch these guys play like they know I'm not saying they know more than the numbers necessarily, but I think you have to use them in conjunction. Them. You again, you mix the two exactly because if you just take the data, you're like, "Oh, they
0: can build on this and this is they got these two metrics, mm-hmm. they're going to go." And you look at the people that have seen thousands of players and they say, "No, he fits this makeup type. There's almost no way that he doesn't just kind of go on this trajectory." And you mix the two, like you said. And yep. so I think that's so important. And I forget that sometimes. That's why
1: you and I watch the games. I mean, aside from liking the games. Yes. Um, you know, like we want to see something. We want to look at the numbers, but we also want to see that the numbers are backed up by what we see on the field.
0: Yep. And and so, yeah, it's just something to remember. Obviously, Blake Sable is an easier case to say that with. He was a rule five guy to begin mm-hmm. with. But it just reminded me of of going back and being like, okay, what was their projection versus what they did? Pena is a great call out because that one's even more recent. Like you said, bunch of people were saying angle up on Pena. And then the prospect folks, a lot of them out there were saying, no, probably neutral. Probably just have him status Mm -hmm. quo at best. And in fact, he came down a good bit too. So that's a great call out there uh, with Pena. Uh, We move on from Blake Sable. We finish up with Tom Murphy. Again, fake player. Talked about him when we were talking about Patrick Bailey. Um, For those that don't know that story, that's a very old story at this point. We just told it uh, in November. We yeah, exactly. So we, we don't need to we don't need to bring it up again. But Tom Murphy, he did have a nice little small sample last year, a 140 WRC plus and 159 plate appearances with eight bombs. You know, it was just a fluky hot run with a 358 Babbitt. But he's been decent in the past. Like he's a solidly average type of bat with some punch. Is he doing anything for you in like NL only or as your fourth guy in DCs for Tom Murphy? Or does Bailey take too much PT to really get you any, uh, give you any interest there for Murph?
1: Yeah, I think Bailey just takes too much PT. This feels like insurance. This feels like, um, hey, we're going to bring in Murphy to help tutor Bailey a little bit. Um, and it just feels like, hey, we don't like Blake Sable. Um, so not only we're we gonna give Tom Murphy a contract, we're gonna give him a two-year contract.
0: <laughs> we don't want to ever get stuck with Blake Sable yeah. behind the dish. We are crushing Sable here. But so. I think he would be honest enough to say he's not really a catcher either. Yeah, no. Uh
1: yeah, I mean NL only like, deep NL only, like I guess you can throw a buck at Murphy and be ready to drop him. But I just think there are other guys going, you know, around him that like have just better upside. Like I just don't see a world where Tom Murphy isn't much more than a fake player that we make jokes about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really hard to see um, it. You know, if something happens to Bailey and Murphy starts playing more, I can maybe get interested. Cause like I said, he has been a plus bat or at least a league, a league average bat for his career. But um, yeah, I'm not really going for him outside of anything else like that. All right. That's it. Those are our guys anybody else that I didn't get to we went pretty ex- exhaustively with catcher but did you want to get in on anybody else here that I didn't mention you want to talk up Christian Bethancourt in Miami Nick Fortes no. in Miami anything no. else here
1: Okay um if- I'll just I'll throw another dart at Max Stassi pick 679 Yeah in Chicago he might actually be the starter there with the White Sox um, right With the White Sox yeah, yeah. so like uh I'm like as a fourth catcher, you know, fine. Um, I know there are a lot of people are like going to take a a prospect with their fourth catcher. Again, don't trust prospects. Like I'd rather
0: take a crusty old guy like, uh, like Stassi who actually is kind of old at this point. I think he's 32. Um, So I'll give one guy who's no longer a prospect, but does have catcher eligibility again. Now he's behind one of my faves. So I'm not like saying that Sam Huff is going to usurp Jonah Heim, Mm -hmm. Uh, but dude can rake. That, yeah. that's it. Just dude can rake if he found an avenue, even He's if it very was over at Mitch first Garver. or DH. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. No, yeah, he yeah. can't
0: really catch, but if he found some PT, Sam Huff would would intrigue me with Texas. So just keep him on your radar and he is catcher eligible again. Uh which he wasn't last year.
1: In the in the version of like old crusty guy who might could just end up playing, if Fresco Alvarez doesn't like figure out how to like calm down, strike <laughs> Make out some a contact bit, and, and hit against lefties. Like no Omar Navarez is still there. Agreed. You know, and they have paid him. So again, fourth catcher type dude. Um or even just straight up on the waiver wire and you just wait and see. But like yeah, that's that's one that I wouldn't like be completely surprised by.
0: Yep. Totally agree. Uh, Omar Narvaez, he's one of those guys that Milwaukee built into a real catcher too. So the Mets could feel comfortable putting him behind the dish Mm -hmm. and he's shown some bat capability at times. I know we just pretty much spent most of these episodes saying don't get too hung up on catching prospects. But if one were to make a dent, I think maybe Kyle Teal in Boston, he has some upside. Again, don't draft him. Wait for him to come up in the summer. Um, Because they have Connor Wong and and Reese McGuire, who I think that they're willing to trust right now, at least as, you know, defense first type guys. But Kyle Teal, because Kyle Teal would be a summer guy regardless because he hasn't even hit AAA yet. So this is like maybe July, August. I just want to put his name on the radar because he's an intriguing prospect. So just keep tabs on him. Okay, that's it. We did catcher. Feels good. It's a great position. A lot of different ways to attack. Do not feel bad waiting, folks. You're not really going to be behind the eight ball. I know it's tough to see the Adleys and the Real uh, Mutos, I almost said, and the Rutchmans, uh, and the Contrari and Will Smith and them go off the board. But while you're while they're going off the board, you're picking up guys with 600-plus plate appearances of high quality or 170-plus innings. Don't be afraid to, quote-unquote, get stuck with you know, Gabriel Moreno, Logan Ohoppy, Kybert Ruiz, Jonah Heim, because you're not getting stuck. You're getting a damn fine catcher to go with the studs that you drafted in those earlier rounds. So do not be afraid to wait. Just don't wait too long because the depth doesn't mean that like everybody you get is going to be good. And you don't want two catchers to be, you know, Alejandro Kirk and Elias Diaz. I I would want a little bit better duo than something like that, not to throw shade on those guys. So I want my first one within those top. 13, 14 type, and then you can get your second one a bit later. So, yeah, catcher's fun. What position do you want to start later in the week? Uh, we have um, – what do we have short left? Shortstop. Yeah, let's do some shortstop. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I think uh, shortstop, and then we'll go to the outfield, and then we'll do 74 episodes of pitching.
0: I'm pitching. Yes,
1: absolutely. All all February, all pitching yeah, all the yeah, time. Pitching is going to just be the month of February. So. It'll be great. And uh, we have destroy. a leap year this year, so we get an extra
0: get an extra day, day baby. Let's yeah. go. All right. So, shortstop starting uh, later this week. Justin, great talking with you. Hopefully, your day gets better. You, you, you were sharing with me some of the turmoil you went through. Uh, hopefully it gets stuff. better. You yeah, have nothing just bad. Little crap just that piled little up. Little
1: stupid things that uh, derailed my morning, but uh, it was a better afternoon. Uh, it's now afternoon for me. Uh, just talking to you, talking to baseball, and I'm sure it'll be even better as we get do more and more projections tonight. I wrote three articles last night, and do projections tonight.
0: Yeah, it's a machine. gonna
1: it is it is I'm full bore into baseball. Oh TGFBI signups end this week. I think end Wednesday. this week? When Wednesday is the last day you can sign up for a TGFbi. Uh, satellites might I keep might keep those open for a little bit longer, but okay, go sign up,
0: get your tush in there if you're interested, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening, Justin. Talking,
1: talk to you later this week. Take it easy.